0: and welcome back to the happy hour show um it, it's- Marbet and Rob Lewis. (laughs) And uh, today we'll be talking about a lot of issues, uh, really more so focused on the culture of our firm, so more than focused on the industry that we work in. We are both alcohol beverage attorneys. Rob had a prior career in law enforcement and working with the Florida Division of Alcohol, Beverage, and Tobacco before he went into the legal field. I uh, went straight into the legal field after um, uh, college and then law school. And went straight into private practice of law. So we have a little bit of a different perspective on things, which always makes it unique um, in terms of how we see things happening and in our industry, what's trending, how they should be relo- resolved, and more so in dealing with our clients and being able to offer kind of that different perspective.
1: It's that dynamic of how we view things differently that I think really provides us with strength in, uh, in counseling clients and in working with the industry. So it's good to have more than one perspective.
0: And and that's really something that's carried very much I think into how we run our practice. We both practiced at very large law firms for a greater part of our careers and learned I think you know a different side of the the business of practicing law than you really get um, in a private practice. So I appreciate that I think I had that experience more so before, you know, going into private practice. I know a lot of my friends that I went to law school with, kind of, you know, if, if their idea had been to have, you know, their own sole practice or a smaller practice independent from the large firms, they kind of went into that right after law school. Whereas I, you know, flipped that around and kind of went more into the big law practice and that type of practicing law
1: and then switched over. I think the, look, I agree with you. I think the big law practice sets a great foundation. You know, it's a great training ground to kind of really hone your skills and your craft to work on big cases, big clients, and, you know, kind of introduces you into best practices, you know, and then typically after a couple years, depending 10, 25, (laughs) you know, you could look at opening up your own firm or working in a a boutique like ours.
0: And I I think for us, the benefit for us in doing that and the benefit for our clients in particular is, you know, they were able to grow with us. Um, And then after a certain point, you know, when... Representations had evolved, and even we had evolved, you know, in a certain way because of our practice. Because our practice, in focused on the alcohol industry and regulatory issues within the alcohol industry, is really such a niche practice, it lends itself to do what we did. And it's, um, it's different, you know, than say more traditional practice areas like litigation or corporate law that you know really do fit in well, whether it's a, a big law firm or whether it's a smaller boutique law firm. I think because of the nature of. Of our practice and the uniqueness of our practice. Making that transition was very easy, and for our clients, it really. Tra- out to work out very well, um, you know, because of the different, you know, rate structures that we were able to provide and just having more control over the billing and how clients are billed and collections for our clients really was very beneficial. It was also very beneficial that we were able to kind of really focus and streamline our practice to these very particular niche areas that you don't traditionally find at a lot of the larger law firms. I mean, most of the big law firms that we were at, we started the practice there.
1: That's that's true. We were always but we were always like a firm within a firm. Yeah. You know, we always had our team and our group and we kind of ran independently under sort of the flag of a of a large international law firm or a large uh, national law firm. And you know, it's kind of like that analogy, you know, big firms turn like cruise ships and it takes them a while. And small firms like ours can turn like a Boston whaler, you know, on a dime. And our industry is really that quick. You know, it's emerging trends. You know, the alcohol industry, the entertainment industry, it's quick. It's modern. It's like if if you're not one step ahead, you're two steps behind. So I I think taking sort of on that whole sort of identity with our industry, it, it really caused us and kind of forced us to think progressively. And to think about next steps and to really evaluate whether or not the traditional structure of a law firm is really right for us. And it's kind of like what is the best of big law and what is the worst and sort of implementing what is best and shaking loose of what is worst.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we wanted to give all of our listeners that background because we kind of glossed over it um, in our return episode, our, our, our last episode. But today, what we wanted to focus on wasn't so much, you know, industry trends and what's going on in the alcohol industry and from a licensing perspective perspective. We wanted to really focus more on kind of how our firm has, you know, shifted and grown uh, since the pandemic, really, and changes that we've made, because that really, I think, carries over into a lot of what our clients are doing and even what they're asking us about what they should do, uh, you know, to rebuild their culture and rebuild their teams as we start to come out of emergency mode with everything. Now, we know the hospitality industry in particular... Aside from our, you know, alcohol manufacturer clients and our alcohol importer clients, our hospitality retail clients really were the hardest hit. From the pandemic, and I think there's still very much a sense of urgency and recovery throughout the industry, but we do see it shifting more from financial need to more just the need of of brand rebuilding, almost. And and you know, uh, their team building is really what has suffered because you lost a lot of people during the pandemic to being furloughed or cuts that had to be made, labor shortages, people that shifted careers and found something else to do, became entrepreneurs, and so a lot of our Our clients in particular are going through this rebuilding phase where they do have some, you know, long term team members, but most of their teams now are very new with new people that have come into not just the company, but even the industry as a whole. And I think we also saw that a little bit, you know, during the pandemic, the disconnect that was created by having to, you know, work from home and our team not working together, you know, every day and not you know, having the same collaboration that we had in the past. You know, there were some shifts that had to be made there and also just
1: differences in ideology, I think. I think so. I think if you look at what happened to the hospitality industry in, in twenty twenty, it cost an entire almost global shift in the hospitality industry to kind of reevaluate and reflect of where are we going? Will we survive? And it kind of reminds me of sort of like the real estate market back in 2008. You had an an, an entire industry kind of fell on its face and it had to kind of reevaluate and restructure as to, you know, what is the path forward? And I think that when you look at what happened to the hospitality industry because of the pandemic, it also had a tremendous effect on the the industries and businesses that service the hospitality industry, because they were directly affected just like the industry was as a whole. So we had to go through that same reflection and that same evaluation and take a, a hard look at how we operate and, and how can we not only survive the panthe- pandemic, but how can we thrive? And how can we move forward just like our clients?
0: Absolutely. It, it did turn out to be a great opportunity for the industry. And I think just everyone at large, even in the legal community, to reevaluate how things had been going, how they had been running their businesses. Um, and, and it gave everyone a chance to shift you know, and adjust and say, you know, these may have been things we were perfectly willing to deal with and tolerate prior to this global emergency and this financial crisis that the industry went through. Uh, And having gone through that and having come through those struggles, really it does make you stronger. And part of that is deciding these are things, you know, either, you know, we're not willing to deal with anymore or things that we really can improve within our business. And I think that's just really a global theme that I think we're seeing a lot of our friends in the industry, a lot of our friends that have their own practices, have been talking to us about the same issues and kind of, you know, the, uh, rotations that they've even had within their own firms and the changes and the staffing changes that they've had. As one of my friends even said, it's, you know, at at her firm, it's been a little bit like a revolving door with people coming in and leaving quickly and figuring out it's not for them. And I think that's just, you know, part of the total shift I, I think we all had just as humans going through this collective experience together. A lot of people have reprioritized what's important to them, what they're willing to sacrifice for their job what they're not willing to sacrifice for their job and that creates i think some conflict at first but i think everything levels out you know in the end and i think we're seeing that you know definitely within our own firm, we saw during the pandemic, it was very emergency crisis mode in particular for our firm, just because of what our business is and how heavily we relied on the hospitality industry um, for our work. Luckily that was a short lived emergency and quickly, you know, clients. Yes. We were very, very fortunate that, you know, clients and other segments of the industry started to pick up and quickly filled that gap. And also uh, all our hospitality clients still, you know, had a serious need for legal services, regardless of whether they could pay or not, we were able to assist, fortunately, but going through that struggle, um, and getting through it, you know, on a, on a level field. And we were fortunate enough where we were able to keep our entire team together. We didn't have to let anyone go. We made that investment in our team, And having done that and being able to do that, it does give you a lot of confidence in terms of what you can do in the future, what you can build and how you can do it. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: No, it's so true. When when you're looking at the the staring in the face of such adversity, you know, and and we remember those times, you know, in 2020, we call those the dark days, Mm -hmm. you know, and being able to set goals to reevaluate. You know, look at costs, look at expenses and sort of make the hard decisions and have those decisions pay off only makes you stronger.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a that's definitely a thing that has carried over into our clients. Absolutely. I think we hear a lot of confidence from our clients that maybe we hadn't felt or heard from them in many years, even before the pandemic, because they were either struggling financially or maybe they had grown too much or not grown enough. And I think now coming out of the pandemic and the lessons that we all learned, especially as small business owners, uh, the crash course in business management and branding and marketing that we really all had in, in 2020 and 2021 coming out of that, it really makes everyone stronger and everyone that led their companies through that, I think, grew a lot. And and strengthened a lot. So I think now we see more clear visions, you know, even from our clients in terms of where they want to go with their brands, where they want to go with their chains, uh, how they're building, and what they're doing internally to recreate a team environment. For us, one of the major things that we decided to do because we are small and we're able to shift very quickly. It doesn't work for everyone. This isn't a the plan exactly. But th- this isn't a plan that would work for everyone. I had someone, you know, when when we first published an article on how we were doing, this saying, "Well, you know, it would never work at my firm because we have." Well, of course not. You know, especially with a lot of the larger firms where you do need more structure and you do need a lot more formalities, and that's just part of it. You know, and it's required because of the size of the business. But for us being so small, there were some formalities we had sort of just brought with us from being in big law environment that we thought was just how things needed to be done. And I think going through the pandemic and the closeness we had with some of our team members that are still with us today, you know, we realized a lot of those formalities were just really very superficial that we didn't need here. And it was one way that we could help rebuild as we ourselves shed, you know, positions and, and, you know, in in some cases, programs or vendors or other things that we were pursuing prior to the pandemic. But as we shed, shed that and we changed Changed a lot of how our processes, especially our office management, especially our office accounting, you know, we really invested in really making those much more sophisticated processes that we did before. So as we shed, you know, what we didn't want, we noticed we're going to have a lot more new people coming in to do that because you know sometimes team members don't want to make that shift with you or they don't understand you know the need to do something and that can be on the corporate side as well not everything is a good fit I always say having a job can be like dating you know what I mean until you find the right one that you're with not every position is meant to last not every professional relationship is meant to last but one of the things that we did was really shed a lot of our formal titles
1: no no that's that's certainly true yeah I'd like to think right now our firm is kind of like a reflection of the industry, how it's sort kind of modernizing and changing, you know, we're doing the same thing. And, you know, if you look at titles, it's, it's really easy. You know, you have the archaic, you know, partner, associate, uh, paralegal titles that have traditionally been used, and it's like, is it really relevant, you know, for what we do? You know, those are titles that really don't reflect the true responsibility and cooperative nature of how we work together as a team. And in essence, we are a team, you know, so in kind of reevaluating, you know, sort of how that's going to function and how that's going to look, it doesn't, you know, we just had to look at a a few of our clients that, you know, have, you know, basically seamlessly weathered the storm and are moving forward, you know, it's easy to say, look, we can be a reflection of that. We can learn just as much from our clients as we can learn from ourselves.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I think a big part of that was just, you know, shedding a lot of those traditional formalities that really didn't mean anything to us. It doesn't reflect who we are now in a different structure that might not work, but for us that really just involved, you know, we eliminated partner titles because I mean, we're, you know, we're small and it doesn't really make sense to add that level of formality, especially having new people come in that we want to be comfortable, that we want them to feel like they can come into our offices whenever they need to. Um, and sometimes that's much easier said than done. I mean, we've worked with people in the past that have worked with us for 10 years, 11 years. And I said, why I didn't feel comfortable coming to you for something, or I didn't feel comfortable coming to that. Whereas, you know, someone that's been with us a year feels perfectly comfortable. Sometimes, you know, that issue is obviously, you know, on, on the team member, sometimes it's their own personal barriers that they create that might be superficial, but with new people that are coming onto the team in particular to create that environment of, you know, it's very open door and everyone's, you know, free here to talk to whoever they'd like, I think it was an important step, you know, in just eliminating some of those titles. We all know who, you know, we are, everyone knows who every, you know,
1: whose role is what and, and who does what. But I think it's also kind of shedding some of the barriers that go with those titles You know, whereas if you are an associate attorney, you know, there's sort of this inference that you don't have as much knowledge as a partner or someone with a partner title or, you know, and, and they judge you and your advice based on the title you have. And I think that that's so far from the truth. You know, there are, you know, attorneys that work very hard. They're extremely knowledgeable. They're highly experienced. They come from different backgrounds, you know, and even in big law, they may not have enough years practicing as compared to others, but you know, they're extremely knowledgeable and they shouldn't be pigeonholed, you know, because they have a title that says associate. And another thing too, is just because you have a partner title doesn't necessarily mean that your opinion matters more than someone that has an associate title. So I think immediately shedding those titles sort of creates sort of at least in the eye of the public and in an industry, sort of an equalizing, you know, effect
0: absolutely and i think a big part of that is within our own firm is really shedding the concept which was met with resistance at some levels shedding the concept that uh, you know any uh, privileges like work benefits or additional work privileges or uh, flexibility should be given in terms of years in grade as opposed to actual contribution you know to a team that experience
1: isn't necessarily judged in terms of how long you've been doing something think you have to give employees the the opportunity to excel you know and I think too much in, in larger law firms in particular it seems like you can get stuck so if you're like a staff member as opposed to an attorney in a law firm there's already a perception of you being different and then as far as advancement goes it's almost like well how many years have you been there what is your seniority with respect to benefits as opposed to what is your ability and what is the actual contribution that you're making to the firm or to the business because we want people to excel. We only want people to be limited by their own ambition.
0: Absolutely. You know?
1: and, and I think that just making those very simple changes really, at least from a public perspective, shifts the whole dynamic
0: even and even internally, I think it shifts a dynamic when you really impress upon your team that it you know benefits and advancement and bonuses and you know extra time off or more flexibility in their job really comes to the comes with the contribution that you're making to the team as opposed to how long you've been here or how long you've been somewhere um, or how long it, you know in your career you've been doing something. We really, I think, judge everyone very individually. And that's why, I mean, everything here, even our policies, everything is really geared Toward that individuality. It's not geared toward seniority. You know, it's not geared toward, oh, you had this vacation week every year in December because you've been with us for 10 years, so no one else can have that. We try to create more fairness on that level. And, and create more opportunity for everyone to excel as opposed to just those that have been here the longest, you know, and, and that shifts because people shift and their priorities shift and their goals shift and, and people here, I think we've been able to create the flexibility for them to understand that, it, it, you know, they don't always have to be on a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Things shift and their commitment to their job can shift. Uh, Obviously, there are other things that come with that, but, you know, it's everything is rotating, you know, not everyone can make the same commitment from year to year.
1: No, that's so true, you know, and and it it allows people to kind of step back and and reflect as to how they want to contribute and that they're going to be rewarded for that, you know, contributing and and basically giving 110% if they so choose to do so. You know, it's kind of breaking down those barriers, those obstacles, um, and, and basically allowing people to excel.
0: Absolutely. You know, like and, we've, and, and it's really a key we've taken from our clients that are doing that because we're seeing a lot of people that were in different industries entering new industries. And so with that, you know, you have to create a culture where someone that's maybe been doing something for two or three years feels just as comfortable, you know, with contributing or, you know, putting more of themselves in or or putting more into their job and they understand they're going to be rewarded and they're going to receive the same benefit as someone that's been there for 10 years you understand what i'm saying and and we do have to recognize seniority in a lot of ways because that is an accomplishment it is and giving your loyalty to a company is of course a huge accomplishment and should be valued and rewarded but there are ways to at least we've been doing it internally different ways to reward that that still really does motivate people that might be newer to your company or newer newer to your business. And it's sometimes
1: it's a difficult balance. Absolutely, you know it's it's a fine line because you do want to reward loyalty. I mean, we put a lot of training, you know, Absolutely. into our staff, and you know, to be rigid to you know lose people or to have people become disenfranchised because of artificial barriers or titles it's kind of so counterproductive you know what I mean so I I think it enabled us to take a step back just like our clients took a step back and say well how do we invest in our employees so it's very easy to look at our clients and say well how are they retaining their employees what are they doing differently and how can we replicate that
0: Absolutely. And I think it's created much more of a team culture where everyone respects everyone else's experience as well as their opinions. And it's not just being judged on, oh, you've been doing this for 10 years, so clearly your opinion must be better than mine. That's not... Uh, really, I think, an idea that we've promoted. I know I always hated that uh, being at larger firms or larger companies where it was just the assumption was someone's years in practice, it really equates to, you know, how much uh, you yourself can contribute as someone that hasn't been doing that so long, you know, or your opinion's not worth as much simply because you don't have the length of experience that someone has. You know, we really focus, I think, more on Quality of experience than quantity of experience, and sometimes people are disenfranchised by that, and that's fine. You know, group cultures and business cultures change, and I think that's something our clients are learning as well. As their cultures change, some people don't fit in anymore, and it's no longer the right place for them, and that's great. You know, people can split ways and and move on and move forward with things, and it creates a lot of innovation in the industry. I think when you get that. Just like we've been, I think now in our office and in our firm, we're kind of at a place where we're at the innovative and progressive level that we've wanted to be at for so long, but just couldn't because of internal resistance to change, you know, or internal resistance to putting in more effort or internal resistance to making
1: a sacrifice and working as a team as opposed to an individual. It's difficult. You know, a lot of this is cultural. You know, and and as an institution, people don't embrace change as Mm -hmm. a whole. People are comfortable in consistency and the status quo of the way things are. It's not until they, you know, try things out, until they're kind of forced into a situation that they realize, hey, the change is really better or it's really what we wanted in the first place. So it's uh, there is that sort of growing pains when you make these sort of transitions. And in the end, we can sit back and evaluate and say, okay, well on the whole, this has been good. It's been good for us, it's been good for our team. You know, and, and looking forward, you know, I think it's going to be good overall.
0: Yeah, and for our clients as well, because I think they benefit more from collaborative teamwork. Um, I think they benefit more from now, you know, how we do things, where really every paralegal is much more involved in what the other one is doing than any be- time before, because they have consistency in representation. They have consistency in their in their file management. So I think that that's worked out very well. And I think, you know, for the small business owners out there, especially in the hospitality industry that are thinking of making some changes as opposed to maybe how they traditionally run their businesses, you know, now is the time to embrace that. There's a lot of opportunity right now to try different things because everyone's trying different things. And there are a lot of ideas that are coming into the market, especially into the alcohol industry and the hospitality industry with alcohol delivery and online marketing and, you know, online presence that are changing and that. That gives way to a lot of uh, room for innovation.
1: It's true. It's like I said last time, you can't put the genie back in the bottle.
0: That's true. You you
1: really can't. And, you know, people have had so much time to reflect and reevaluate and reprioritize their lives. And, um, you know, people are are really making changes and, uh, you know, eliminating commuting and people working from home. It's really caused people, do I want to drive two hours to work? Do I want to drive an hour to work? How much family time am I losing? you know and and basically people are making decisions what's right for themselves and you know i think there's a way that we can accommodate people's priorities as well as our firm's priorities
0: absolutely and that comes a lot with you know accepting everyone's own individuality that they're bringing to a role. We have mixed roles um, in our firm. You know, again, we're small, so it lends itself to that greater flexibility. But we do have some team members that work remotely. We have some team members that have a bifurcated schedule and that they're at home sometimes and they're here sometimes, or maybe they work half a day from the office and half of the day from home. And having that flexibility and giving everyone the opportunity to really set, you know, their parameters within how and when they're going to work throughout the workday and where they're going to do that from, I think has eliminated a lot of obstacles. And I think a lot of our clients are learning is that, that as well. We still have a lot of clients where some of their positions are just going to remain remote because it's, you know, the companies realize there's no need to bring them back. Uh, and those are just little changes that I think are happening across the board that we're seeing that really are very significant changes. Absolutely. So thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode. Sounds good. (laughs) Thank
1: you.